today on CityCast Madison. The Nutcracker sits under the holiday tree, a guardian of childhood stories. Feed him walnuts and he will crack open a tail. It's time. One of the most delightful tickets in town premieres this Friday and runs through Christmas Eve. Yup, the Madison Ballet will perform the Nutcracker in Overture Hall with the Wisconsin Chamber Orchestra. And there's a new director of the ballet this year, Ja Malik. He's bringing some fresh energy and perspectives to the ballet. We sat down with Ja to hear about this year's performances and what's yet to come. It's Wednesday, December 13th. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. Ja, hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is our pleasure. So some folks listening right now might not think of ballet as their cup of tea. I was one of them. I was invited to the ballet and I thought, okay, why not? (laughs) I'm not necessarily a ballet fan. So I thought. (laughs) Um, Ja, I've heard you dubbed this year as the year of innovation for the Madison Ballet. What is unique to this Nutcracker performance for anyone, you know, maybe giving it a shot for the first time? Well, the crazy thing is like the Nutcracker is actually what usually gets people in the door to ballets, especially children. It's it's usually children's first introduction to ballet as a performance, and it usually inspires them to want to become dancers and things like that. But along with the children coming to be entertained for a couple of hours, the parents, of course, are taking them and then they have actually enjoyed the performance. And then so then my job becomes informing them and the public in general who just come to Nutcracker that we actually live outside of the Nutcracker, that we actually perform several more times throughout the season. We do outreach, we do educational performances. So there's so much more to us than just a Nutcracker. It's, it's, it's weird in America because there's a lot of education behind ballet. In Europe, they kind of grow up with it. So everyone knows about it. It's a part of their culture to come see ballet, not just Nutcracker. Nutcracker on the opposite end of the world is actually like the least attended performance. Everything else is like way up there as far as attendance. Really? Um, Yeah. But in America, it's the thing. It's everyone loves the Nutcracker and it's great. And we need that because that actually helps us sustain throughout the year. Um, But like I said, we do have other productions and we have other shows and we have to keep these dancers moving and grooving for a whole year. So I really (laughs) encourage people to come see the Nutcracker, but also come see our other shows because they're all amazing, you know, so. Yes. Well, I'm excited because I totally came in from the other end where I was brought in to one of your other productions and was blown away. I've seen two already this year. And so then I'm coming into the Nutcracker. Um, Is there anything unique about this performance uh, this year, the the Nutcracker? I did re-choreograph one of the second act diverts. Uh, or divertissements. So there's, that's what every section of the second act is called. So you have your Arabian coffee, you have Chinese tea, you have Russian candy cane, you have polchinellas, waltz of the flowers, all of those things are the diverts. And so I redid the Spanish coffee um, 
just to add a little more pizzazz, a little more of my signature on it. And I'm really excited for everyone to see that because I, I, after I choreographed, I was like, oh, I love this. It's so good. I'm so excited for it. <laughs> so that's what I'm most excited about because it is, it is really good. I was like, oh, this is hot. Was, I was very proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of hot choreography, you are an award-winning choreographer and you came here to Madison to take on this role. Um, why Why do that? Well, oh gosh, that's such a long story. Let me find the abbreviated version in here. But I have been in ballet since I was four, very young. I saw it. I loved it. I just wanted to do it. I have been enthralled and just a part of this culture since I was four. So it's just it's just my life. It's my it's my passion. It's what gets me up every day. And in that, you can only dance for so long. So I retired from professional performances being on stage um, almost 11 years ago now. And I started choreographing when I was in high school. So I've always wanted to choreograph. So that was always a, a, a for sure thing that I would do full time one day. But then as I got older, more and more people kept encouraging me to seek out leadership positions within the, the ballet world. And I remember one person in particular from the Frankfurt Ballet wrote, um, John Malik would be an amazing artistic director or leader of an arts organization if given the opportunity. And I will never forget that because it was the if given the opportunity part that really stood out to me. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's difficult for this uh, European white cultured art form that everyone thinks it is to diversify itself and have leaders of color and black leaders um, leading ballet organizations. So there weren't many opportunities. Um, so what happened was that I had a pickup company in New York called Ballet Board Productions. And one of the dancers that I had for my company danced here for a couple seasons. And he uh, texted me one day and said, hey, this company is looking for an artist director. I know you've been looking, so maybe this is something you want to do. So I, I you know, gave it a try and I uh, sent in my stuff to be interviewed and trial for the position. And then the pandemic happened. And so I spent a year and a half, like everyone else, at home, you know, watching Grey's Anatomy for the 14th time through season one through 17. And um, that was pretty much my life for a year and a half. And then all of a sudden we started to come out of the pandemic and they called and they were like, hey, this is Madison Ballet. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I restarted the process and came out here and met with the dancers. And it was really the artists of the company that got me. I just saw a group of young dancers, talented, who needed someone to just guide them artistically. Because the, like I said, the interim director, she was not here full time. So they needed somebody to be here on the ground, fundraising, teaching, coaching, doing everything that a ballet company needs. And so I, you know, I, I gave it a swing and go and I got it. And um, I just took a chance and moved to Madison, had never been here before. And I'm here right now to tell the story. <laughs> yes, yes. And it was really exciting to see like an incredibly diverse group of, of dancers. Like that's very fun. And it felt like diversity was one of the cornerstones of, of the one, some of the production that I saw. Is that fair to say that that's something that y'all are yeah. actively seeking yeah, out? I mean, I'm, I'm a black queer male choreographer and ballet and director. And so I have to make sure that this art form to me, I've always said this, that uh, the performing arts in general, but since I'm in the world of ballet, if your ballet company does not represent the community that it's serving, then it shouldn't be there. 
And we don't live in an insular world with just one people. So it has to look like the world we live in. So I want different body shapes, different body sizes, different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different cultures to all be a part of it because I think it makes the art form more interesting. I think it makes the conversation about dance and the performing arts more interesting to see those different perspectives. And it also inspires different people. That's how I got hooked on it because I had seen ballet, but it was only white people in the production I saw. So I never thought about it as a career. I just enjoyed it and I loved it. But it wasn't until I saw a black man who looked just like me walk out on that stage in those white tights. He was the Nutcracker Prince. And I was just like, this is what I want to do. And I see an example that it can happen. So that made me pursue it even more. So I want to make sure that everybody feels seen and represented within this company as much as I can. It's a beautiful thing. And I have to say it absolutely made it more interesting for me. I was really stoked to see um, different colored ballet slippers mm -hmm. across, you know, just in all different colors. Y'all. There is a truly special opportunity coming this month. The Harry Whitehorse International Wood Sculpture Festival is running from June 14th through the 22nd, and it's a first-of-its-kind week-long celebration of contemporary and traditional wood sculpture and indigenous culture. It's named after the world-renowned Ho-Chunk sculptor and painter who lived in Monona, the late Harry Whitehorse. And it will be hosted at the iconic San Damiano Park, right on the shores of Lake Monona. The fest is inviting 12 international sculptors from countries like Peru, Germany, Ukraine, and more for a week-long artist-in-residence. And it will host demonstrations of live sculpture and Ho-Chunk arts and crafts, such as black ash basketry, porcupine quill art, and finger weaving. Plus, they've got live music and food. Plan your visit and learn more at harrywhitehorse.com festival. Kids are our future, right? And we all want to make sure that future is bright. That's why making sure that their bodies, minds, and characters are strong. Luckily, KidStrong coming to Sun Prairie might just be the answer. KidStrong is a national franchise that uses a science-based training program that focuses on character, physical, and brain development through weekly 45-minute age-based classes. And a pair of Sun Prairie parents are opening a new KidStrong location at Prairie Lake Shopping Center. Instruction is led by world-class certified coaches, and kids are taught everything from the importance of shaking hands to how to do a pull-up correctly. And 77% of parents in the program credit KidStrong with boosting their children's self-confidence. Interested? You can call or text 608-369-8866 or visit their social media at KidStrong Sun Prairie to learn more. The program opens in the next few weeks and you can save money by registering today. People are really stoked about this Nutcracker performance. And I want to point out, as you said earlier, this is just an entry point. And for lots of folks, you are dedicated to bringing ballet to wider audiences. I'm a convert <laughs> um, uh, in terms of, you know, like, I'm just like, what's what's coming next? Yeah. What's coming next? Because another, another um, major part of our audience is because, you know, we have um, for Nutcracker, we have live music. So we have the Wisconsin Chamber Orchestra play the Tchaikovsky score live. So that adds a whole nother element of beauty and um, mystical kind of feelings to me about seeing this production. Um, 
But with that, they also have their audience that I love that comes to just hear them play. And then somehow they get, you know, hooked on ballet. And I'm like, yes, you know, because I I love all the performing arts. I go see everything. I see Ford Theater, Children's Theater of Madison. I go to see the Chamber Orchestra, the Symphony. I go see everything because I just love the performing arts. So I love when we can um, inspire other audience members who may not be so affiliated with ballet, but with live music to come and explore us to, to merge the two together. So it's exciting for me. Yeah, I honestly, <laughs> I was excited at just being in the audience, like looking around, like I, I recognize some faces and there are a lot of people that I didn't, but I could feel that like there's a community around the ballet and it feels like this opportunity is gonna grow even more. Yeah, and we need that because it's, you know, it's, it's hard um, post pandemic. Um, everything is up, of course, prices for our production crew, our stage, the theater rentals. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm still trying to make sure I can keep the tickets at an affordable level. Um, but yeah, we definitely need that community support to come out. And like I said, not just support us during the Nutcracker, which is amazing, but throughout the whole season um, to come see shows. We have two more productions after the Nutcracker that are just as important for them to attend as the Nutcracker because that's the only way we can really survive and sustain ourselves in Madison as a ballet company. Yeah, what can you share about what's coming up? Um, in the in February, we have an amazing program called Love featuring a, a brand new work um, that was created on Tulsa Ballet a couple years ago by a Latinx choreographer named Stephanie Martinez. She's from Chicago and she's amazing, brilliant choreographer. I love her so much. I'm just excited for the audiences here to just see her work because it's really that good. And they'll truly leave like, oh my gosh. You know, I always feel that way about every show, but I definitely, I'm, I'm just really excited to just have her work here because I've known her for so long and I've just always wanted to work with her and make sure people see her work because it's so good. Um, but it'll also have some other uh, ballets on the program that are by me um, and uh, a little reprise of a of a a ballet we did in the innovation program called Recess by Aaliyah Cache. So that program has a lot of elements that are just different aspects of love about, you know, friendship love, romantic love, family love, community love. And I'm just, I just, I love, I love love. So I'm very excited for that. And the program. world is in need of love today. And you need some love today, man. I'm telling you with all this going on. That's the other thing about just coming to the theater or the ballet in general. It's just like, it's a moment just to escape for two and a half, two hours to just like sit back, relax, enjoy some beauty, some artistry, some athleticism on stage. You know, that's why I love to go to theater. It just gives you a nice escape. In the Timeless program we have in April, that has the second act of Giselle in it. And that's the ballet that started it for me. It was the first ballet I ever saw um, in New York City. It's one of our oldest ballets. It's from the Romantic era. Um, the second act in particular is my favorite because it's... Um, it's basically a story about Giselle who falls in love with a young man who breaks her heart and she dies of a broken heart. And in the second act, he goes to visit her grave and he enters into the land of the Willies, which are the women who have all been heartbroken and murdered because of their heartbreak. But she has a choice whether she can save his life or let him die through dance. It's all that drama and all that emotion. And I love it. I, I live for drama. So I, I, yeah. <laughs> the music is gorgeous. They're in their white tutus. It's just the most beautiful ballet because it's it's not just romantic, but it's also the, the, the movement, the athleticism is so good. Um, but I'm really excited for that because it's like I said, it's the, it's the ballet that started it for me. It's really what made me just be like, 
this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. So I'm so excited to bring that ballet here. And it's the first time it's been done in uh, Madison. So I thought the second act was a great way to introduce this different world of classical ballet into the program um, and into the community. And then on top of that, I have a new ballet. So I'm going to be very busy from January to April. Um, I have a brand new ballet that I'm premiering, um, which is on the contemporary side, speaking more about the modern times that we live in. So this program in particular, you'll get the juxtaposition between our tradition and our future. So I'm really excited for that timeless program. And it's our first time being back at the Capitol Theater in about nine or 10 years. Um, so I'm hoping everybody really comes out to see both of those amazing programs. Those sound riveting. Uh, Giselle, I want to know what happens. Right. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm also really glad that you brought up athleticism because that's one of the things that was just striking to me watching the dancers. It's just like, how, how? And the body moves like that. I have to share an anecdote. <laughs> I know we don't know each other, but I recently ran into you at a gym and you were on a stair stepper. And I have to say, you had to be, be the most joyful stair stepper I have ever seen in my entire life. That is a hard machine. And you were singing and dancing. And I was so vicariously like proud and inspired and shocked, <laughs> frankly, like that. But it just like made me think, wow, this goes to show, you know, how well suited you are for this role. Oh, yeah. Um, because athleticism seems like one of the major components of executing these shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, dancers are on the same level as football players as far as like the amount of pressure they put their body under and the injuries. We have the same exact injuries as most football players from the back to the ankles to the, the feet and the knees. It's it's. But we don't get paid nearly as much as football players. Did you hear that, Packers fans? Right. Lean in. <laughs> this is serious. It's like, because they, they did all these studies and they had like, you know, the dancer and the football player do runs and they hooked them up to machines and their output of um, energy and oxygen were at the same levels. It's, it's on the same level. So that's why I say it's like, I always use the word athleticism because it's athletic artistry. Um, they were presented on stage just because I love sports. I love watching uh, basketball and football and tennis and things like that that are just like so physical but what I love about ballet is that I get the physicality of a sport but I get the artistry of performing arts which is what ties both of them in for me when I took a break from the performing arts I did bodybuilding competitions and became a personal trainer and I managed a, a fitness club for a couple of years I kind of fell in love with working out and it made me think about ways to help dancers have a longer career because I, I ended my career because I had a horrible injury um, it was my first and only injury. But after that, I was like, I'm good. Um, <laughs> but I'm really interested in like helping dance sustain their bodies for a longer period of time. And that's, that's why they retire so young around 30s and 40s. So it's a very short career. But I do think we're progressing in a way that's helping them have a longer career. So I'm, I'm excited to be a part of that journey yeah i was just thinking about like what you just said about me on a stair mask <laughs> blown away i was literally like this is the most delightful person i've ever and, seen yeah, in my life like 45 minutes and you you saw me and i have the band <laughs> on and i'm sweating and I, i'm singing i did it for like five minutes the other day i'm like oh no, my god I, I'm like, I can't sing i don't care i just be singing my heart out and i'm having the time of my life up there i have to because it's not easy um <laughs> but i always say because i used to dance for eight nine hours a day for my most of my life. So for me to spend, I spend about 30 minutes. If I can, I'll spend an hour doing the stairmaster and then I'll do weights for like an hour, an hour and a half. So I spend about two hours 
two and a half maybe in the gym. Um, but I'm like, that's such a small part of my physical life, you know, now um, that is like nothing to me. But that's just funny that you, you know, you caught me on there getting my life. <laughs> I, I look, yeah, I looked over. I was like, that's, that's him. That's, our, that's, that's him, the ballet director. <laughs> and that is me everywhere, man. I used to be in my room just singing up a storm and putting on musicals and stuff like that. And uh, my family would just be like, just let him be. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my teachers in school actually wrote home to my parents and asked him, and I was like, I think he's an attention person. I think he wants all the attention and he, he's always singing and dancing. And they wrote her back and said, he does this in his room by himself with no one watching. So trust me, it's not about you. It's just about him expressing himself. So that's the thing I'm just leaving people with. Is It's just about expression. You're just coming to see beautiful stories beautiful dancers, beautiful music, costumes, lighting, theater at its highest level. Um, and it's just an expression of love from my my love for this art form to this community. And I'm just hoping more and more people join in with us in this love train of uh, ballet. So that's my closing argument. <laughs> uh, I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> ja, it's been so fantastic talking with you. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Anytime. That's Ja Malik, Artistic and Executive Director of the Madison Ballet. The Nutcracker performances run this Friday, December 15th through Sunday, December 24th. We'll toss a link to the list of the Nutcracker performances in our show notes, just in case you want to get in there and snag some of those remaining tickets. Heads up, they're going fast. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoyed the show, why not share this episode with the person in your life most likely to appreciate a stair stepper? Maybe also while jamming to Tchaikovsky? We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Until then, 